Bam, we're live. Am I here by myself? What the hell's going on? Where am I? Not that window. Eric Weiss. Hi. Good morning. For a second time. If I do seem a little edgy on this show, it's because I am not yet at peace. What are you not yet at peace with, Sevon? I'm not yet at peace with the fact that... Hi, Jody. I'm not yet at peace with the fact that 10 minutes ago, my son said, hey, I want to skate on the ramp. And I went to the back of the van to get a skateboard out, and it's not back there. Hi. Thank you for the coffee. I'm trying. My wife just said, have fun. I'm trying. I just bought Avi a new skateboard the other day. We went there, took the time out of the day, had the whole thing assembled. The board was given us given to us by a, a, a guy named uh, Ryan Sheckler. Well-accomplished skateboarder. Put the whole board together. Froze? Who froze? No, I never froze. I was never, I was never went anywhere. Told you I'm edgy. And uh, poor Keelan. I hope Keelan has healing properties when he comes on. He'll maybe he'll heal me. And uh, and I just went into the back of the car to get the skateboard out, and it's not there. And he's like, and his right away, his response, just like his dad, he goes on the offense. Nothing like a good defense. Not, wait, what is it? Best defense is a great offense. And he right away goes, I left it right outside the car when I got in the car at the skate park yesterday. And then he said, I want another one. And that was it. I snapped. I don't want another one. I want that old one back. It's fucking expensive. Super cool board. Super cool. Damn. <sighs> Sheckler gave us the, I think the guy's name is Ryan Sheckler. Maybe I can bring up his Instagram account while we wait for Keelan. Ryan Oh, Shex, this guy. This guy right here. Uh, God, technology is amazing. This dude. Shex, Ryan Sheckler. I skateboard and I'm from San Clemente, California. And it was a really cool board. I wonder if I could show it to you. What was so unique about it is it's wide, but the wheelbase is... Um, wheelbase is pretty narrow. So good for kids. I, I noticed all these skateboarding on it right away was amazing. Oh, here it is right here. Oh my goodness. That's the board he had. He had that one with the tiger on it. Tag your favorite local shop. Shops can now order. Ah, killing me. Dying. Should I go put up a sign at the skate park? Eric, Susie, Daniel, geez, Louise, Jeremy, Eat World. Oh, sorry about the word. I know, it sucks. What sucks is I just spent 70 bucks getting these awesome green plated Ace 33 trucks. Took it down to the shop. 
got it assembled, got him the grip tape he wanted, <sighs> new bearings, new wheels. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with him. I, I, I take it upon myself. Like I didn't teach him well not to lose his shit. And you know what? And that's where the responsibility, I guess, does fall on me because um, I always loaded the car up for him. Great talking with my brother, Machine Gun Kelly. Proud of you, dude. Last show last night was amazing. Cool photo of Ryan Sheckler and Machine Gun Kelly. Damn, Machine Gun Kelly is tall. Or maybe he's got those platforms on. That whole room looks crooked. What's going on with that room? Okay, Keelan Henry. Enough of this feeling sorry for myself. Please let this be Keelan's. Ah, oh, there it is. Guy took um, 40th at the CrossFit Games. I don't even know if he competed in a single event. He's also uh, Chad Schroeder, Hillerfit, and Wad Zombie. Plus four more follow this guy. Can I click on that and see who the other four are? Oh, these are people we share. Cat Shear, see all followers. Uh, and he got 40 to the CrossFit Games because he had to pull out, not because he's ass. Well, maybe he's ass too. I don't mean to rule that out, but uh, he had to pull out. Uh, he is from the country of South Africa. He represented the continent, the entire continent of Africa, which is the butt of a lot of my jokes when it comes to competitors at the CrossFit Games. But what really caught my attention was this photo. And yesterday, when I was going through and doing all the research on the guy, he was on a what looked like a pretty big news show in South Africa. And uh, when they asked him about CrossFit, one of the elements that that he mentioned is uh, the diet and that you're not supposed to eat sugar, added sugar. And I really like that. I really, 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 really like that. I can't remember another, um, I can't remember. Another, no, no, don't donate any money. I'm not, I'm not, I have at least 50 old. Don't, don't, don't donate money for the deck. That's not why I was saying that. Uh, I, I, I don't, I can't remember hearing any other games athletes talk about the no sugar thing. Uh Oh, Keelan has responded. Hey, Sevon, can you give me five minutes? Uh, sure. But, uh, yeah, of course. Of course. You demand, you demand, you top, you top, uh, you top, uh, 50, um, top 40 fittest guys on the planet. Jesse. Oh, do you do colonoscopies? that where the guy sticks the fingers in your ass? I did that once. Uh, fingers in the ass? So someone's texting me. I did that once. And they sent me to a specialist. And they did it to me again. Just fingers. Not a camera and tubing. In most people, it's not appropriate to text while you're doing a podcast. But when you're as funny as me, you can do all that shit. When your life's like just raw. Uh, Susie Tell, colonoscopy is when they put the camera up your ass. Yeah, okay. So I haven't had that. Uh, phenomenal week, sir. Mr. Olson, thank you. Oh. I'm going to use that 999 
to order new Ace 33 trucks so I can put together another board for my son. You know what I'm maybe maybe you know what I'll do. I wonder if Travis from Bellinghouse from Vindicate will hate this. Travis from uh, Vindicate uh, sent me a board, a Sevon podcast board. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put that together and have my son ride that. I know it's supposed to be just like an art piece, but fuck it. Driving to Cali and I get two podcasts. Sevon's the man, Daniel Gurity. Uh, here's the thing: I was actually supposed to do a third podcast today, three, but I did not. Thank you, Mr. Olson. I appreciate it. Uh, a lot. Um, but uh, um, Greg and his family are flying into California tonight. And so I'm like, hell, I'm partying. So I, I moved tonight's podcast to Saturday. It's with J.R. Howell and Taylor Self. And we're going to dissect the Madrid programming. That Madrid show the other day bored the shit out of me. I mean, I mean, still, I still like, I still give it a nine because I got to hang with Brian. I hope the, I think the programming show will be more fun, more critical. Brandon Waddle, maybe it should be Sevy does it all now instead of Heidi, Heidi does it all. Why? What was Heidi doing? Definitely not Heidi doing it all. Uh, silver lining, your son, son knows not to do it again. We learned. God, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I, I was just, I just told someone yesterday. We've that that is the fourth board we've lost, and uh, that's the fourth board we've lost in skateboarding. Almost basically every day for two and a half years. I think you can say every day. All left at the skate park. All left somewhere at that transfer point. All left at that transfer point. I never do that. I've never, I never, never lose my wallet or any of that shit. I never lose. I guess I don't, I guess I don't know if I don't lose stuff because maybe I lose stuff that I don't know I lose, but I didn't even lose my virginity till I was 18. So, so Keelan used to be a big old rugby player. Look at him. And he lost a bunch of weight. And, uh, and he talks about that as part of his journey. And I like that. 105 kgs, overweight, unfit, and unemployed. Dang. Would you, would you make a flyer and put it up at the skate park? And be like, hey, I lost this board, this brand new board. My son lost this brand new board. Please return. Here's the phone number. Yeah, I do. I do have the Badisi on my mind. It could go away quickly. I got a brand new cup of coffee. Third cup of the day. Crazy diluted though. Third Paper Street cup of coffee of the day. Basically what I do is I put a shot of espresso in this cup. And then I fill the rest up with hot water. So it's a slow drip of fuel. I don't think you get closure to a lost skateboard. Yeah, no, it's a lost cause. Thanks. 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 Maybe I'll just go on. Um, just go on Amazon right now and buy a new uh, set of trucks for him. And just call it a day. Keelan is now 12 minutes late. When do I get upset at that? You lost the one wheel there too, right? Oh, thanks, Adam. Thanks. Yes, it's four skateboards and a one wheel. And I purposely didn't say that because I was like, I had a little pride. Yep, I did. It's, it's all, yeah, I did. Hmm. 
Do you think Glassman Cutting Media had any overall positive impact on the space creating ops for podcasts like this? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely no positive impact. What it did is, is uh, when we lost the media, then right after that, the Floyd 19 thing happened and we were unarmed. Any criticism that anyone put upon us, we were unarmed and able to, to, unable to fight back. We needed to be able to fight back. We needed to be. Do you remember that shit that Trump used to do, like where he would say something fucked up and then a few days later he'd just say something fucked up again so you forget the last fucked up thing he said? And it was just this constant barrage of shit that coming out. We couldn't even do that. If we would have had a media team, we could have flooded the space. In that narrative where people couldn't do media because CrossFit hogged it all or we had our hand up like this, it's never been more up than this than it is today. CrossFit has never been more exclusive than it is today on all fronts. Color of your skin, media content, size of your cock, all of it. Hi, caller. How are you? Shavon, what's up, dude? It's Jim. I'm processing. Hi, Jim. Hey, um, question, because I heard you said Greg's coming in um, today. So have you talked to him in like the last, I mean, obviously you talked to him, but has he commented on the direction uh, events have gone and kind of it's just completely strayed from his vision or not? And um kind of where the community's at or whole is that something we're going to get in the book that's going to be coming out uh n- n- nothing no not really nothing that i nothing that i could share i mean it's stuff that like you know me and him are out riding bikes or fucking around laughing or throwing rocks or and just just you know humor humor stuff you know what i mean i mean uh, when yeah. he sends me a picture of his new wakeboarding boat and I'm and 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 I'm like, so did you hear that? Uh, they they did an extra lap on the um at the games. He's like, he, you know what I mean? He's like, dude, yeah, right. <laughs> he wants to, do, you know what I mean? Uh, we're in totally different worlds, and he is so CrossFit. Basically, how he's evolved is you have to think of a scientist in a lab, and CrossFit was one of his experiments, and it's done, and now he's like on to another experiment. And his right. experiment is is looking at broken science and where the um where it got broken, where people someone said it on the show yesterday. I think Susan said it. Basically, Greg's realizing that, oh shit, people are trying to prove science right, not trying to prove science wrong. And that when you try to prove science right, it's no longer science. That's that you that's not what um it, it's like putting the dick in the ass and calling it procreation. That is not procreation, that's sodomy. God, that was good. <laughs> God, that, but but you see how you see how there's a confusion because the whole are supposed to be I mean, it happens. Ah, uh, Jim, I gotta let you go. Love you, bye. Cool, man. Hey, buddy. Hey, Dylan. How's it going? I'm pretty wound up. You feeling good? Sorry, I'm late. No, you're you're. It's good. It, it, um, I had a. Uh, on a on a scale I, I live a perfect life and i had on a scale of one to ten i had something bad happen to me that's like a not even a one but when you live a perfect life it, it you know what i mean it, it, huh. everything up it was like you know like a shoelace breaking i don't really know what you mean because i don't know what a perfect life is oh, oh a perfect life like you wake up and you're like yeah <laughs> and then and then a bad thing is like when you put your shoes on and your shoelace breaks and you're like oh but in the big sure. picture, but in the big picture, you're just in a few minutes away from talking to Keelan Henry. So who gives a shit if your shoelace broke? <laughs> How you guys doing? Awesome. Are you outside? I uh, just got home. Just got home to my apartment. Oh, that, and, and are you outside though? No, I'm inside. Is there too much sound? No, 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 no. It's perfect. But it looks like you're outside and that we're like looking in a window inside. Uh, that's the kitchen, dude. 
snake kitchen. Oh, wow, that's nice. That's stylish. It's a it's a apartment, and I live in France. Eh? So, oh, I didn't apartment. know that. Yeah, I live in France. Uh, what are you doing there? You what are you doing there? You um, are you dating the same girl that uh, Lazar Jukic is dating? You guys are dating the same girl? <laughs> I don't think so. Not that I know. I mean, hey. <laughs> 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 I thought um I thought South Africa was your where your domicile was where you where you put your head down at night. No, my nationality is South African. I'm, I was born in South Africa. I'm I am South African. I still consider myself a South African. Uh, but I live and work and my life goes on in France. And in what city in France? Uh Bordeaux. Oh shit. Do you know uh Daniel? Daniel Shafi? Yeah. I don't know him personally. I know who he is, but I don't know him personally, no. Because he has a gym there also, right? Yeah. It's called Bordeaux. Uh, it's called uh, CrossFit Louvre. Um, even the one in Bordeaux is called that? Yeah. There's, hey. there's three. There's three Louvres. There's the Louvre 1, 2, and 3. You um you can go train there anytime you want, by the way. If you want to go in there and just say, uh, Sevon said I could train here. <laughs> okay. I've never been there. Now, now I've got a reason to go. How close is it to your house? Oh, it's about like 20, 30 minutes away. Oh, so okay. I always thought of Bordeaux as being small. It's not small? It is fairly small. It is fairly small. But I mean, to get around, it's quite, it's not the easiest. Um, Your nationality, South African, what's your ethnicity? Uh, in South Africa, it's called colored. But in, in America, it'll be called mixed race. And, and, and what are those mixes? Uh, a lot of mixes. <laughs> A lot of mixes, a lot of mixes, man. A lot of mixes. You you don't even know? I know some. I know some. I don't know some. I know so my on my mother's side, um, uh, she's from Swaziland. So that's a country within South Africa. Uh huh. And uh, so she's a Swazi from Swaziland, um, descendants of John Dunn, who was like a white Zulu king. He had like no 40, shit. 40, he had like 40 Zulu wives, and so it's like a big family. Uh, then on my dad's side, um, he's from KwaZulu Natal, so Durban, and that's um, it's there's quite a lot of uh, it's, it's very um, Indian based. So the, I think my grandfather, he's from Mauritius, the, like the island. You look he's, Indian, you look Indian, I right? Like Indian. Yeah, you yeah, look Indian. kind of, but you could also be a really dark Mexican. You look Indian, or you could be really like I get, I get uh, either Indian, either Mexican, or Brazilian. You know, oh, depends yeah. on the day. Yeah, depends on how much sun I've had. And how did you end up in uh, France? Uh, through my old career, so I used to be a rugby player. That was how I made my living, and obviously, uh, for like, yeah, so I was a rugby player. Got recruited to play for a team in France and then just ended up staying. Met a girl, uh, stopped rugby, and now CrossFit. Are those two connected? You met the girl and then you stopped rugby? That's not connected. That's just no, the order of the events. She wasn't connected. like, hey, you got to stop playing rugby. No, that's not connected. Um, so, so are you are you you're born in South Africa? Yeah, I was born in South Africa. And uh, and how and what was the first sport you played? The first sport I played uh, was soccer. Yeah, so 
South Africa is quite a it's a it's a huge fitness culture. It's like a, it's very sportive sporting culture. And I played soccer growing up, uh, and then rugby. Soccer and rugby was basically the base the the first two sports I played, and then cricket. Uh, basically, so the school that I grew up was an all boys school, and you basically had to choose a sport, either summer sports or winter sports. And I, I would do cricket in the summer when I was young, and uh, soccer in the winter. And then as I grew older, like I got to like 13, 14, uh, that's when we started with like you are allowed to play rugby with uh, boots. So when you're when you're under 13, you have to play rugby barefoot. Which is like, which is, which is really fun, but it's not as like, it's not as hectic. And then I've got my older brother. I watched him play rugby, and I was like, "This is, this is some hardcore shit." So I got to get into that. And um, then I changed. I went to water polo and swimming and rugby. Dude, that's an. Inc- First of all, I've never heard of a sport anywhere where in the beginning you had to play barefoot except for like you know i mean like beach volleyball or something something where it's like so so that's fascinating to me and that's awesome like that's the way it should be they should make all youth sports play barefoot what's interesting is my kid's tennis coach doesn't want him playing barefoot because i guess in tennis one of the ways you slow down is when you're moving laterally to get the ball you drag your foot your other foot to slow you down and he says you won't develop that skill if you don't wear shoes but because you won't want to drag your foot. You know what I mean? Right. They're just yeah, kids. They'll yeah, drag it. Yeah. Right. Quit being a pussy and drag it. Yeah. I guess I know, <laughs> I guess I know what you mean, but yeah, don't, don't be a pussy, man. Just, just yeah. drag it. Just drag um, it. Yeah. Um, did you, did you like that as a kid? Was that hard transitioning to shoes? Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember, but I mean, if it was hard transitioning, but I, I used to do everything barefoot. Like, so like, uh, I would always be playing, you either play barefoot or you play, yeah, you know, you just get used to it. And then obviously going into high school, you have to you have to wear boots for protection because obviously other guys are wearing boots. And if you're going to get like a stud in your face, which has happened before, it's not fun. Uh, so, but transitioning from barefoot to shoes, I, I think, it, I, honestly, in my opinion, like later in my in my years now, it's definitely made a difference. And I wish I'd been barefoot for longer. Didn't but, you guys? Didn't Africa have the um, the ten thousand meter runner who ran barefoot in the Olympics, Zola Bud? Yeah. Do you remember her? She might be. You might be too young. And she yeah, got. No, I, she, I know Zola Bud. Yeah. Yeah, and she got knocked down in the ten thousand meter. I think someone stepped on her, and she got up and still finished. But she she ran the ten thousand meter at the Olympics barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. So when so when I grew up, like even even in like uh, the athletics and stuff, so I did. I did a bit of cross country. I did a bit of like uh, athletics, uh, javelin, uh, the four hundred meter, and stuff like that. Because that is that is, that's like normal in South Africa. It's like those kind of activities, like you kind of had to do it. And uh, that was all done barefoot. Like that was all barefoot. Like uh, most of my you threw the barefoot. javelin barefoot. Yeah. Stud. Yeah, dude. <laughs> hey, if if I'm in South Africa and I'm just walking around barefoot, is it just anywhere? Is that a scene? Like people will look at me, like or no? Uh, depends where you are, but in, it depends where you are. Depends where you are, but in certain places, they'll just be like, "Well, this is like another normal guy." Yeah. So, like, where I so I grew up in uh, Johannesburg, which is this like the the center. So that's like very, you know, like who's who, and people like they're trying to want to do better than others. So if you'd walk barefoot there, you'd be quite they'd judge you quite a bit. 
and then I moved to Durban for rugby. So that's like by the, by the coast. So that's like beach town and people are very more relaxed. And they like, I'd go into shopping centers barefoot and do everything barefoot. Like up to, I was like 22 years old, 21 years old, going to like a shopping center barefoot and nobody, nobody would be bothered, man. Yeah, that's a good ass life. Yeah. And, and when you say that you you think that that's affected you um, at this la- at this latter age, meaning made you more in touch with your made you a better athlete, made you a better athlete, you think? I don't know. I don't know. I can't say if it, if it has or hasn't. But I mean, now I like I just always wear shoes, and that's the like I always wear shoes, and I've had and I've had quite a bit of like feet issue problems or like ankles, and so I did a few ligaments in my ankle playing rugby. And then over the years, it's like just the tendons, like overused and tendonitis and all that stuff. And um, my feet have taken quite a bit of strain. But I mean, the only thing that's changed is that I was just wearing more shoes. And I coach all day wearing shoes. You wear shoes all day. You train wearing shoes. Like, let me you go in your bed wearing shoes. Then. <laughs> it's like too much shoes, man. Uh I don't. I don't know if this is true or. But many years ago, um, Joe Westerlin, who works for CrossFit. He's on the level one staff and he was a strength and conditioning coach at the university of maybe Omaha. I can't remember big school prestigious position. He had and uh, big, 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 big athletic school. And he basically, his theory was, is that because people put shoes on, they lost, they lost a uh, foot mobility, ankle flexion, and then when you lose ankle flexion, your knees start compensating for it, and then your yeah. hips start compensating for it, and everything, all the other, um, you know, the back as it moves further away has to compensate for your lack of ankle flexion, and that that's basically the source um, of all the knee replacements, back p- people's back pains, all that shit. And I was like, wow, it's so simple, Sivan. Like, just the next time you're out in public, and like, if you can just, if someone's wearing like short socks or someone's wearing like sandals or like high heels or something. Just look at the Achilles tendon. Just look at the Achilles tendon. So now, like, you'll see the Achilles tendon will have a slight bend in it. And that's just, it's just misformed because it's so used to you having a, an internal rotation. But you have to be standing, you have to be standing upright. You have to be standing upright. I, I'm barefoot so much. I'm barefoot like 99% of the time. Fuck shoes. But I will look at that. So you're saying when you stand up, you'll see it um, like curve in like this? Like, oh, yeah, you can straight? just look at your, like, the, yeah, the, the Achilles tendon. I should. So it'll either be nice and thick, or it'll be a, a bit, a bit like. So, so my kids n- almost never wear shoes, and they do so. Mu- we do so much jumping as one of the cornerstones of our of our. And my kids, their Achilles tendon is the thickest cable. By the time they were five, I would see that thing. I'm like, that thing's like the thickest <laughs> cable ever. It's so thick. Uh, not not used as to thick as probably so some thick, African uh, kids, but say that again. Said so not used to saying things so thick. No, ah. Uh, you give us, uh, uh, every once in a while, every three or four times a day, I see something, something that I'm like impressed at how thick it is. So water polo, soccer, uh, help build an enormous metabolic capacity as a kid. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, definitely. Sorry. Definitely, man. Uh, sports, like, geez, rugby, soccer athletics water polo water polo is probably one of the hardest sports like i still for me that was one of the hardest sports i've ever played uh water polo it's it's tough eh? it's tough uh, and but great uh great conditioning 
You know, if you ever traded water for like longer than 20 minutes, <laughs> your body <laughs> your body feels it. And, uh, While other dudes are trying to push you down, um, scratch yeah. you, kick you, yeah. um, do bad shit to you. Yeah. Um. So when you said that um, as, a, as a boy in school, you had to pick uh, a sport, we, we, I'd never even heard of anything like that. Like you, you didn't have to do that in the United States. Was that really – was that just – um, poetic license on your part or you really did have to pick a sport at this school like all like there was all the boys had to play uh, as far as i know you had to pick like as far as i know you had to choose a sport like there were so many teams there would be so it'd be the a team the b team the c team just to like the f team so like even the guys in the f team they would still go out and play like they would have to go and play like even if you were shit at sports and you'd still have to go out and play like you had to do it and um, I think there must have been like, yeah, like six teams, six, seven teams. And you had to choose a summer sport and a winter sport, which I thought that was like really cool. And then, but I think it's changed quite a bit now, you know, times have changed. So a, a softer, a softer, more gentler, pussified Africa. South pretty Africa. much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we have nothing like that going on here in the United States. We're only getting stronger. Yeah, so basically when I was when I was like 16 years old, 15, 16 years old, I moved, I immigrated to England, to the UK with my family. And that's where I was like, yeah, okay, you didn't have to choose the sport. You could you didn't have to you could wear whatever you wanted to school. You could do whatever you want, really. I mean <laughs> you could smoke outside the, the the school gates and then go into school and have like no repercussion. You could do pretty much whatever you wanted. That's when I was like, okay, things are different here. Yeah? And then, yeah, then I spent a few years in the UK, went back to South Africa, then went back to the UK. And, um, yeah, now I'm in France. So, How old are you now, did you say? Uh, 29. Um, why did your family at 15 and 16, you, you were like probably in, in the United States, you were like a sophomore in high school, your second year of high school. You, put, you had a couple more years of school left. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, why did your parents go to the UK for work? And was that hard, switching schools? Uh, yeah, it was. It was very hard. Like, there was even a moment where I, like, I think I spent like six months, uh, like, just by myself, well, with my, just with my dad in, the, in South Africa, because the change was, like, so hard. So we go back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually we just moved over and just to, just to start a new life. Eh? I mean, Africa's not easy, eh? Africa's not easy. As, as much as it's a beautiful country and work and, like, life is not easy, so... We moved, decided to move to the UK, gave it a go. Uh, eventually, uh, it didn't work out. We decided to come back to the, to South Africa. And um, things have worked out anyway. So so, so basically, when you living in South Africa, your family's like, hey, there might be better opportunity in the UK. Yeah. And, and that opportunity looks like... Um, just to, I'm I'm just throwing this out there. More money, less less violence. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I guess kind of that's what we're all looking for, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much. More money, less violence. That's the yeah, ideal exactly. kind of life. Shitload of money, no one's beating you up. Exactly. Shitload of money, nobody's trying to steal your money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh your 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 girlfriend in um France is she French? Yes, she's French. And uh, it, it, born and raised. Born and raised. And what? How many languages do you speak? I just speak well fluently. I speak two languages. I speak English and French. 
Not um, not not Afrikaans. I can speak it. I mean, I'm not fluent. I can I can understand it hundred uh, percent. I can I can speak it if I need to get by. Uh, and then, like <laughs> same with like a bit of Zulu, I can understand a little bit. I can't really speak Zulu that much, but I mean, also in South Africa, you have to choose a language as well: English or Afrikaans or Zulu. So yeah, I can understand. I took Afrikaans. I can understand Afrikaans. I, I thought everyone there spoke Afrikaans. No, no, most people do, but no, not really. The, 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 the language is English. Most people speak English. And then, and then, how did you learn um, uh, French? Mm, I just picked it up. I just well, I wanted to pick up girls, so I had to learn French. <laughs> so, so, how old were you when you learned French? Uh, Twenty six. Wow, was that hard? Yeah, very hard. Very hard. So I moved over for rugby and then like, um, so the club signed like three players, three South Africans. So we moved over together. They like put us in a house. And for the first like year or two, we basically just like, like stuck together, just didn't speak French, you know, just kind of just enjoying like our own thing. And then eventually you kind of like get yourself, try and throw yourself into an uncomfortable position and then try and learn how to speak the language. So I was just like, screw it. I had to learn somehow. And then uh, I kind of learned. And I suppose if you look at it through CrossFit, I kind of learned pretty well because uh, one of the, the trainers at the, in my team, he opened up a CrossFit gym and like everything was in English back then. So there was no like uh, French CrossFit level one or any like anything, in, uh, any CrossFit uh, educational stuff in French. So uh, he asked me to give him, like he asked me just to give him a hand and I just said, yeah, I would like with, with pleasure. And um, then I just kind of, I started like coaching with him like part-time and helping him and then kind of got, got into it. And yeah, that's when my CrossFit started. Is that where you met your girlfriend in the gym? No, no. Does she CrossFit? No. No, wow. <laughs> is, is that a good thing? Yes, I know. Yes, I know. I mean... I don't want to force it to CrossFit. Like, I mean, she she does whatever she wants to do, and you know that's I'm happy with that. Uh, I like I like that we are kind of opposite in that way. You know, and she, if I come home and I'm like I couldn't get a muscle up, she'd be like, "What the fuck's a muscle up?" <laughs> you know, who cares? <laughs> you know? which is kind of good. You know, it's kind of good to have that 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 is like a balance. Um, so no, I mean, it doesn't. It's not a problem. Uh, not a problem for me at all. When you learn a new language, does your perception of the world change? Definitely. And how is that? Like, give me. Can you give me an example of how your perception of the world changes? When you when you, it's insane. But like you you see the world in two like you see the world in two different places. You know, it's like, so like you see the American English based world where like. There's this, there's this, I suppose the language goes with the culture. The language goes with the culture. So the more I learn French, the more I go deeper into the, the French culture. So you see things differently. And the French are, are like, they, they don't like to be influenced by the, the outside, like, like Americans and, and stuff like that. So you definitely see the, like, uh, the world differently. And, you know, I suppose coming from Africa, going to the UK, and then France, you definitely see the world in like different, you know, South Africa's mentality and culture, you know, people are so ready, like for anything, you know, it's, it's like the wild west in South Africa, 
but in a good time, like it's such a beautiful country. Like the people are amazing. The country's amazing. Like, you know, but at the like at any second, somebody could just pull you out of your car and take your car. <laughs> any second. <yeah. laughs> so you could be driving and enjoying the sunset. And then next minute, uh, someone's taking your car and you're like, well, shit, what can I do? Uh, in France, life is good. People like have it so good here, but they will complain. You know, people have complain for the smallest things and that's like their shoelace breaking that ba- exactly, we're back at exactly. the beginning it's exactly. the way it is here in the states too everyone has it so good yeah exactly yeah but exactly. they're so upset that they they called me sevon instead of savon <laughs> or whatever the fuck my name is and someone's getting upset it's like oh yeah exactly so you see things like through perspective and you learn you learn like things differently and the good thing about learning another language is that obviously you put yourself in a different perspective and you learn to see the world differently. You know, myself, I've learned to just take a step back, you know, don't have to open your mouth all the time. You know, you don't have to say whatever you like thinking. That's probably, I guess, one of the biggest problems we have in the world today is that everybody has an opinion and everybody has to have that opinion heard. Sometimes you can just have an opinion and not say it, you know, and just keep it for yourself and believe what you want to believe, you know, do what you want to do. That's fine. But you don't have to shout it out and make your point to everyone. You know? So in France, people are very, very uh, vocal about that, you know, making things heard and getting things done. And like, you know, you got to get those shoelaces done, you know. <laughs> you got to be, you got to be so upset that your shoelaces broke. Uh, and do you, and do you think you learned that creating that space between expressing your opinion because you had to learn a new language and you just weren't as quick to just spit out your opinion? Yes, Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Definitely, because you take time. You take time to think about what you actually want to say, and if you and if you take too long, well, then your th- your moment's passed, and then right, you know, you don't say it. So you take time. You think about what you really want to say. Uh, you think about like if I'm saying this in this in this way, am I saying this phrase in this certain like manner? Is it really important, or are like are these people really going to listen to me? Are they really not going to listen? A lot of the time, a lot of the time you say things and people just won't listen. You know, that's true. And then sometimes people, you'll say something correctly and they'll be like, well, this guy's actually just talking shit. Yeah. So you definitely take time to think about it. Just, I mean, I'd... Uh-oh, uh-oh, wait. I think you covered your, uh, your microphone. Oh, oh, it's good. Can you hear me? Yep. I said I would recommend anybody take a year off and go to like a country where it's not your, they don't speak your main, like your home language, your native tongue. Just spend like a year just trying to learn and trying to speak another language, like, because you learn from like the baby level, you know, so you learn to speak like a baby. So then you think about things a lot more like in detail and what you want to say and how you want to say it. And that make that goes a, a long way, I think. This uh, guy, um, I know one time said that people should only express um, every fifth fifth thought, but the problem is, is people react so quickly they they can't even they can't do that right. They have a thought and it just they hear they say it as when they say it that's the first time they they heard the thought that so then they actually start to believe they are the thought. Yeah, hundred percent. That's interesting. The fifth. So he said you should only express the fifth saying the fifth every thought. fifth thought you have. That's the one you should express. Don't express more than that, because and, and what that does is that starts. That's a it's a meditation practice, right? You have to be aware enough. So, yeah, hundred percent. That's actually true. Yeah. You got to be aware, like what you're saying, and 
is like, am I really contributing with saying the first thing that comes out of my mouth? Uh, is this, are there people really listening to what I'm going to say? And, you know, is it really important? The perfect example I, that I see just, is, I don't know, once a month in my, in my, um, in my life or once every two months is you're driving and someone flips you off and your automatic response is to flip them off. But if you don't, you're uh, every single time. My thing is to put my hand out the window. Sorry, dude. Or we're good. We're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Definitely. Yeah, I know. Thing goes away, but the first thought is like, yeah, just like, match, yeah. match, match birds, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> fuck you, no, fuck you. <laughs> but if you let that one go, you'd be like, cool, sorry, my bad, my bad, sorry. I was texting yeah. your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, definitely, man, definitely. Yeah. Hey, but if everybody could just take a minute to think about what they say, and uh, the world would probably be better. Eh? When, when you when you're doing rugby. Um, how do you, how do your parents react? Does everyone do rugby? Is it is it does anyone actually make a living playing rugby their whole life, or is it just is there so few at the top? Is it because it seems like by the time you, as a young man, if you go to France to play rugby, at this point you put in such a level of commitment that you're like, okay, I'm hoping I can make a living doing this. Yeah, definitely, man. So it's complicated. Eh? You know, rugby is such a it's such an amazing sport, honestly. I, I love the sports still. I mean, I have a complicated relationship with rugby at the moment. But having said that, like, it's it's true, you know. It's hard to break through. And in South Africa, uh, there's such a, a, a huge group of talent of, like, athletes. Uh, and it's the same thing across with it. It's the same thing across with Like, there's a big group of, like, talented athletes but to break through is so difficult, right? And the only opportunities are elsewhere. So overseas. Say that I again, the to, early opportunities, what? The only opportunities are elsewhere. So oh. I went to the UK, I went to France, you know, to find other opportunities. And even then to break through, it is still hard. So you can definitely make a living, but you can definitely make a living. I mean, I can go back now and sign to, sign to a team here in France and like just make, I'd probably make more money than I'm making now as a, as a coach. But I mean, the passion, the 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 risk versus reward is not there because the risk versus reward is not there for for myself. You know? Meaning you get hurt and and the next year you're unemployed. Yeah, basically. And basically, it's not even that. I mean, you could get like you could get hurt, and then within three months they'll be like, "Hey, listen, you can't play anymore." You're not providing anything for the team. We're cutting you from the group, and we found somebody else. So, by next one in, first one out, okay. And then you're looking for another club. And, you know that's that happened to me my whole career. You know, I never played like I wanted to play high pro rugby national team. You know that make a huge living. That was the dream. Eh? That was the dream. But you know, unfortunately, that's not reality. I did everything that I could uh, to get there. You know, I put in the hours, put in the work. Uh, did what I could and still never made it. I, I managed to be a professional rugby player and make a living for, for like, I think, three years. I made a living out of the 10 years that I sacrificed. And, you know, still got not, got not much to show for it after that, just that I'm pretty good at fitness. Yeah. <laughs> <I suppose. laughs> and, and this picture here, is this the, um, is this the rug? Is this what you look like when you're playing rugby? Is that the rugby version of you? Yeah, it's not far off. It's not far off. 
How, how much do you weigh there? 105 100. kilos. That's like 225, 225 pounds, just a bit more. And and how tall are you? Do you know in inches uh, or in feet? Like uh, in inches, like, I don't, uh, I'm like a meter 68. Okay. I, I don't know what's that in inches. So, someone, will, someone will put it in the comments. It's not, I'm not far off from uh, Fraser or uh, Colton Mertens. <laughs> oh, so you're like 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. Well, you're proportioned good. You don't, Thank you. When, when I look at you, you don't look like you're 5'5". Five, five. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> and, and when you lost this 40 pounds, did you do it on purpose or this just uh, a ch ch incidental, a, a byproduct of doing CrossFit? A byproduct of doing CrossFit, honestly. It was accidental, you know. I mean, so obviously in rugby, you got to be big, you have to be strong, and you got to be fast. And most coaches want bigger guys. So I was doing everything in my power to be as big as possible. Like, that's why I was big. You know, I was eating so much. I was training, like, just weightlifting, uh, like powerlifting, basically, and just trying to be as big as possible and as heavy as possible because weight moves weight, eh? Uh, got too big and then you know um got too big got cut from the team found another team uh, eventually they uh the guy opened the crossfit gym uh it was like he was like just come try crossfit come try crossfit i was like no nah, that's that's what pussies man i don't need that shit i don't need i don't need well said, like well that. said well said and uh, and then uh i was just like okay i'll do it i'll try it I tried it once. I was like, geez, okay, this is hectic. Um, it was really insane. Uh, so this giant, this giant guy, sorry, sorry, I have to show this picture one yeah. more time. You, this giant guy did CrossFit right here. Yeah. This guy tried it on the right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. I got, I got my ass whipped by like just everybody. <laughs> what do you remember the first workout? Yeah, I do. Oh, what it was, was it? Uh, Diane, 2159. And I pushups deadlifts. Wow. Okay. So, uh, so when you looked at it, you're like, I can do this. Yeah, man. I was like, 21 deadlifts, 100 kilos, 25, 20, 25 pounds. That's so easy. I did the I did the deadlifts like so easy. And I did the first 21 hands and push-ups strict and like unbroken. And then uh, I think my heart rate went to like 250. And I just couldn't <laughs> move. Yeah, I you just stopped. I just couldn't move. Yeah, I just couldn't move. I just stopped. I did the deadlifts. And like, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Like the first time you've ever done like a high intensity workout after a long while, your body just like it's like a cramp, but just your whole body. No, I have not the had that. Was, but I but I appreciate you, Keelan, trying to talk uh, a CrossFit Games athlete trying to talk war stories with me. I, I appreciate the uh, <laughs> the the respect. No, I've not. I have not had that happen to me. Uh, I walked. Uh, I almost walked once when I did Murph. I didn't quite walk. I almost walked. I, I just jogged so slow. It looked, it looked like walking. But no, I never had my whole, never worked out so hard that my whole body stopped. My yeah, goodness. Um, and so then what happens from there? How, how does the, how does the bot, so you're a rugby player, you dabble in CrossFit. So there, at some point there had to be this leap, right? Now, both your, are both your feet in the CrossFit um no bucket? or you still have rugby aspirations oh, no, like you no, have, no, the dream's no, still no, alive i don't know that's all that's all crossword yeah it's full crossword but so so tell me about stepping over when did you let go of rugby and kind of step into the crossfit uh, as an athlete that's a tough question but i mean 
So it was so, slow, kind of gradual, like you didn't even see it happening? No, no, I saw it happening, but I just continued rugby. So I, I lost like a lot of weights uh, with like really fast, like within like six months of doing crossword. So I was like, okay, full in, bought into it. Um, you know, I am I have my strength conditioning, like deployment and everything. So I've done that since young and I've always been into like fitness and everything. So I went full into crossword, just level one, you know, it's free and it's, and anybody can read it. Yeah. So I went on it, read it, did it. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I did the zone diet. Where, you know, you do like the blocks and everything. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I think it's pretty decent, but I just adapted it to what I could be more functional with. And then, jeez, uh, the weight went off so fast. I got really fit. And um, then I started, I was doing like CrossFit like two times a week. And I was coaching two times a week. What what year is this? Uh, 2017. So uh, that's five years ago, and you you would be yeah. Like- that was like basically at the beginning. It was like the beginning when I just did, and then so there's like three four months of like just doing crossfit, and I was just like you know you go you dive into the the rabbit hole like all in. I was like crossfit crossfit. You see like Rich Froning and Dan Bailey. I was like dude, these guys are jacked. I want to look like that. Uh, you find, I found like uh, Ben Bergeron on the internet. So Comtrain was free, like free programming. I was like, what the hell is this? three-headed beasts and all that stuff. I was like, wow, this is insane. Uh, went full into it, you know. Uh, I I did the open by accident. So basically it was like, I think that was the year when Reebok was like, if you buy a pair of Nanos, uh, you get an, uh, a registration for the open. And um, I was like, it was like six months had gone by and I was doing like, I was doing weightlifting and Metcons and like these Adidas, uh, you know, like runners. So I was like, hey, let me finally invest in a pair of crossword shoes and happened to get a, a registration for the Open. Did it. Did pretty well. Uh, well, like pretty well for my box and the box. Right? And then uh, I was like, hey, this is pretty fun. Uh, watch the guys, like the best guys do it, Froning and the guys like that. So I was like, this is really interesting. Still did rugby. And then eventually 2019 came. Uh, yeah, 2018, 2019. I was like, let me maybe try a competition. I don't know if I was going to do it. I was still playing rugby. I'd play rugby like every weekend. Uh, I was contracted as a full-time player. And um, Did they say anything about your weight loss? No. No. No, no. Because, I mean, my performance was still good. Like, before, my performance was actually never better. Like, I was still performing. I was performing better than I'd ever been because... That was my original style of play. It was more mobile and more dynamic. Uh, because Dear Greg gra- Glassman, your <laughs> program made me a better rugby player. Thank you. Much love, Keelan Henry. <laughs> yeah, basically, hey, dude, it, it's, it's the truth, man. I mean, here, I'll, and I'm Greg. I'll respond to you. Yeah, no shit, Keelan. I've, I have 10 million of these letters. Thanks. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I just love it. I just, it never gets old, right? It just never gets old. Here you are. I'm looking at the picture again. Here you are, this prototypical rugby player. You start CrossFit. You don't get what you want, but you become a better rugby player. Yeah. And what you wanted was to be bigger and faster, and instead you became yeah. smaller and more fit. Yeah, definitely. Hey, um, you, you said you picked up the L1 manual and just read it. It was free. Yeah. Um, You said your mom was Indian? No. I, I don't know if I have Indian relatives. Oh, I just said you look Indian. Yeah. What do you think it is that um, 
culturally your parents gave to you you ruined my stereotype i was going to say something really racist about indians just like fuck of course you just picked up the l1 manual what do you think it is about your culture and your upbringing that makes it um that you that you would just go get the book and read it and learn it what do you think your parents instilled in you or how did to you be honest, that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that because I mean, I, I'm probably the worst type of stairs I've been in because I didn't finish high school. Like I was the worst in school. Like, I wouldn't read anything. But that I was just it just appealed to me because I was interested in it because I wanted to be fitter. I wanted to be better. You know, like I wanted to be a professional rugby and I wanted to be the best rugby. Like so, I would I would read all these articles. I got you know back in the day it was bodybuilding.com. They would have like loads of articles of like just training. Then I'd find that. Then I'd go to T Nation. Then you'd go to like different, just all these like these these blogs on on the internet where you could just read about training and like like being at like athletic performance, you know. So obviously that interests me. And then I saw uh, the games. At first when I saw it, I was like, this is a load of bullshit, you know. This is will never be a sport. Uh, the first time I saw it was on ESPN. They were throwing the med ball, the medicine ball on a GHD, and I was like. Yeah, I'll never do that. <laughs> I was like, I'll never do that shit. I was like, wow, no way. I remember that. I remember that. I was like, what is this? It's not a real sport. And then I saw them being like the the butterfly pull-ups. I was like, no way. What is this? It's ridiculous. Um, but uh, I watched um, a video of Dan Daly on YouTube. I think I can't remember the, the name of the video, but he was doing like three workouts. Or you think like one workout with dumbbells. And he was so jacked. And I was like, I want to look like that. What can I do to look like that? If he's doing that, I should be able to do it. Like if I did that, I'll look like that. You know, he was basically like the same, like the same profile as me. You know, he's like kind of stocky. You know, he's a big. And I think he, pro- I think he ran the four hundred also. Didn't you say you ran the four hundred? He probably he ran like the two hundred or the four hundred also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did. So yeah, so I was like, he's got a good profile. Like, let me see. Like, I mean, if I could look like that, and you know, back in the day. I would always, as being as like a young athlete, it was all about like, if you look good, you'll be good. But I mean, that's not true. But I mean, if you look good, you'll be good. That's what I thought. Okay. Right, right. If you look good, you'll be good. So I was like, what can I do to look good? So let me see what this is about. And at that time, I was helping um, the guy open the CrossFit gym. And I was like, let's see what this CrossFit level one is. And I was just read it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then the more I read it, it was like more interesting. It's like, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, it's very interesting. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing new. It's nothing that I've never learned before. But I mean, it's just a, a different way of saying it. I mean, it's, it's interesting, yeah. So that's that's. I mean, I thought, why not? It's free. Anything free is good, man. <laughs> um, the takeaway there for me is that, and, and I don't know, I don't know why more people don't know this. All you have to do is find what someone's interested in, and they'll consume it. And yeah, you you don't have to put someone in a math class if they're interested in fitness. They'll figure out math. Give them all the stuff they need. They'll figure it out. When you want to talk to them about power under the curve or, or you want to talk to them about power and output, they'll start learning physics. When, you, when, they, when they start looking into supplements, they'll start learning chemistry. You can take any subject. 100%. When they, when they start looking about the origins of, of, of man, they'll start learning history. They'll be like, well, how did the earliest uh, – who were the strongest men at, throughout time? And they'll learn history. 100%. 100% agree yeah. with you. You know, you'll find out that the strongest men ever were the guys who built the fucking pyramids. You know what I mean? And why were they strong? And this is the workout. Um, what did the strongest men ever eat? What What do animal? I mean, it's just crazy. Here you are, a guy who doesn't graduate from high school, but yet you picked up the L1. And yet the smartest doctors in the fucking world, cardiologists in the world, yeah. are killing people 
while the book that you read, the L1, is saving people's lives who have the same fucking problem. Go to a cardiologist. He'll fucking kill you. Go to Keelan Henry. He'll fucking save your life. He didn't graduate from high school. I rest my case. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And what did you see in yourself? Um, what makes you what makes you think that um you could compete at the games with these monsters? Is it do you think you have confidence or do you have massive insecurity? Like it has to be one or the other, right? Or or like who are you trying to prove something to, or do you just have so much? Why, belief why would in you yourself? have massive insecurity? I, I don't know. Um, your dad never liked you, and so you um have a you you have something to, an axe to grind. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean. Okay. I mean, you look at Greg Glassman, who developed this, right? He, he was born with polio, a uh, tough upbringing, and, and he, had, he has a chip on his shoulder, and he had something to prove to the fucking world. No one wanted to touch him. They thought that it was the AIDS of the day. They thought if you touch this kid, you're going to fucking die, get polio, and die. People picked on him the whole time. So he's like, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, he became, yeah, he became the fucking most vocal, smartest, toughest guy in the room. Hey, yeah, assholes. Well, who's looking at me? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So like, how do you, I, I would look, I could, I could look at the picture of Dan or Rich and I could empathize with you to be like, Hey, I want to look like that. But to think that I could step on the floor and do what they do. I don't know. I, I, I don't have that in me. You know, you have to believe in yourself. Like, I mean, I would never, I would never have started like started rugby because like, if I didn't believe in myself, you know, and my, my dad was like, always believing me. My parents have always supported me like everything, you know, my parents grew up in apartheid, you know, so, you know, it's apartheid, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, where, you know, no, tell me what apartheid is. I, I, I know what it is. I was, I was an eighties baby, but t tell me, tell me what it so is. So you should know what apartheid is. So basically it was in South Africa when, um, people of like people of color or non-white people were, Basically, uh, just had no rights and. Uh, Are you a person of color? Yes. Am okay. I, am I a person of color? I can't, I can't tell. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Basically, so there was basically it is uh, people of color. Well, mostly um, black Africans, and then they would also be like against Indians and colored people, like mixed race people, even like the Chinese people. So there was basically just people of color, right? They had uh, different anyone non-white, anyone non-white, anyone non-white. Yeah. Okay. So, so my dad, like, and my parents and my mother as well, they basically grew up not being able. So my dad, not he was not able to do like he was not allowed to do sports. Like they weren't allowed to. They weren't allowed to go to the to the field and play soccer. They weren't allowed to do this. Like they had to do certain things, like whatever they were told, you know. So my dad has always been like he wants me to do as many things as I could. So that's why I was doing as many sports as I possibly I could, like, you know. And he would, like, if I didn't want to do sports, he would be like, okay, cool, you don't have to do sports. I'd be like, I want to do sports, I can do sports, uh, you know. So he gave me all the opportunities, which I appreciate, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, what, what year did apartheid go away? The year I was born, 1993. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it, and, so and that and that was pretty chaotic. That was a chaotic time for South Africa, right? Yeah, it was. It was pretty intense. Yeah. And, and then and then and then it wasn't until two thousand. Uh, what'd you say? Well, you were fifteen years old, so that was two thousand. So two thousand eight. Oh, so during the economic collapse, at least here in the United States, that's when you moved to the UK. Yeah. And did your whole family move? Yeah, my whole family. 
So then you, you, you're, you're working in the CrossFit gym. I'm jumping back ahead again. Um, you're, you're working in the CrossFit gym and when do you, and you enter the open and you do pretty good. When, when does it like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a run for this. I'm going to put my head down and really become the fittest version of, uh, Keelan Henry possible. So there was like, there was a few, there was a few years where I was like, I should probably do this full time or I should probably just go full out, like full out and compete. But I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to give up on the rugby gym. You know, I wasn't ready to give up. I sacrificed so much to be there, and I wasn't quite ready. So there was like, I did the, I did the open for like two, three years while I was a rugby player, and uh, I knew I could compete. I knew I could do pretty well. But I mean, I just wasn't ready to give up. And 2019, yeah, the end of 2019, the season, 2019-2020 season, I got a, a huge injury. So I fractured my skull, um, opened up my retina, and was basically blind in one eye. And then had to operate on my eye. And they just like to like take out all the fluid and all the blood in my eye, replace with the artificial fluid and everything. And I had like a, a so it's called like a, a cataract, a boxer's cataract. So when you get too many hits in the, in the head, you get a cataract in the eye. And so I had that operation done. And um, like a month, two months later, um, I did the, two, the 2020 Open, and that was when they qualified the national champions, I think it was. Or 2019, 2020? I don't know. And, uh, 19. Um, I think 19. 2019, yeah, 2019. And I was like, after like three workouts, I was sitting first, and I was like, what? I haven't trained at all. Like, I'd, I had just operated like two months ago, and I was like sitting first, and I was like, what if I qualified for the games? You know, this would be insane. Um, and then Jason beat me. I mean, Jason is just an animal. And Jason beat me and I finished second, I think, in the open. And I was like, okay, maybe this is like pretty good. Maybe I'll get a run at it. Then the then the next year, COVID came and I was like, oh, well, screw that. You know, it's too late to compete. Do I really want to compete? You know, where are you living at this time? I'm still in France. I was still living in France. Okay. Okay. And I've, I've lived in France for like six years. So I haven't moved here. Uh, I was like, yeah, is it worth it? You know, like, what's the reward? You know, what's the reward from competing and stuff like that? And then the COVID came, so I couldn't compete. I did enter, like, a few competitions, uh, qualified for the lowlands throwdown, and then I got cancelled. Uh, and then I did Dubai. I qualified. Uh, no, I nearly qualified for Dubai, but I won, like, uh, the raffle where they paid for my flights to go watch the Dubai competition. Which was amazing. Like that, I was like that. That's when I was like, opened my eyes, and that's when I saw like athletes, like for the first time. So I'd, I'd never seen athletes outside of my box, and I was like, "Wow, okay, shit, these dudes are insane." This is like so. You went, so you went. Yeah, I went, dude. Yeah, what year was that? Uh, twenty twenty. Okay. Twenty twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? Yeah. But during during the the, the last one during the so called pandemic, you went just before the pandemic. Okay. Just before the pandemic. Okay, and so you saw all the other guys, and you're like, yeah, and I was oh, like, shit. Well, I was like, shit, this is a like, this is this is pretty cool sports. I mean, this is, I can get into it. I can definitely get into it. You know, I think I can I can compete with these guys. Um, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Then I moved, and I started coaching full time. Uh, last last year, I I mean, I was I gave it like full in. I was like, okay, all into it, but mindset wasn't there. You know, just like you said, I wasn't all in mindset physically i think i was there i could have won physically i could have won but mentally i definitely i didn't win i finished fifth last year in the semifinals and then this year i was like okay i really want to go 
I really want to win. You know, I think I'm, I'm different. Well, I know I'm capable. I know I'm capable, and I know I'm capable of going to the games and competing with the best of the games. I know I'm capable. And um, so this year I went all in and I qualified for the games. Unfortunately, uh, injury came and uh, finished last. What like was the injury? Like you what, predicted. What? What? <laughs> 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 what? What was the injury? Uh, a few injuries. A few injuries. So. Uh, Basically, I tore my hamstring. Where and when? Uh, 10 days before the games, uh, before I was about to fly out to America. Uh, it was my last session, my last uh, repetition. Fuck. Doing hang power cleans, and it just snapped grade three, eight centimeters, nice and deep. So it was quite a big one. Uh, everyone was like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't even fly, you know? And I was like, well, screw it, I'll fly. I'll try and compete anyway. Uh, and and like so basically the does that hurt when that happens no it's weird it's but but do you you, you know something happened like you're like what was that it's it's like someone shot a gun (laughs) like the sound was like someone shot a gun the feeling was like somebody just kicked you in the back of the leg but you look you look behind you and there's like no one (laughs) you're like what (laughs) and um you don't it's not like really painful it's like you can you just limp a bit. You're like, oh, oh, what is that? The my coach was like, uh, my training partner was like ten meters away from me, and he's like, what is that sound? So I mean, you can hear it from like ten meters away. And then uh, I also fell off my bicycle because I go to my I go to work every day on my bike, and uh, I fell off my bicycle, and landed on my hand, and really messed up my tendon in my hand. Like I couldn't even hold a dumbbell. For a month before the game, so you know a whole lot of a whole lot of things. A whole lot of things. I, I had to get I had to get the vaccine because America has you have to have the vaccine. I'm, I want to yeah. apologize on behalf of all Americans for that. Man, it's it's it is man. It's fine. They play by the rules. They play by the rules. All right, fine. You know, still apologize. So I had to get the vaccine. Uh, was uh, then I got COVID on the vaccine. I was like sick for a week. Of course, so you couldn't do anything. Like the whole build up, I just was overtraining because I was just like compensating from small injuries and you know that whole idea of going to the games like I, it's insane you know you're like i've just qualified for the crossfit games i have to train like crazy you know and a part of like social media you see these guys training like six seven hours a day you're like this guy's doing seven hours a day i want to do eight hours a day you know this guy's doing like 10 10 workouts a day i want to do 11 workouts a day so i got really caught up in it like i got really caught up in it. like i was like i missed a day i would do two days like to catch up you know right like, right I went all out. I went all out and I was overtraining and under recovering. And, you know, I wasn't surprised that like I got hurt. Did you even compete in one event at the games this year? I did. I competed in three events. You did. Yeah. And, and it, but injured and beat up. Injured and beat up, dude. And what finally happened on the, on the, what was the third event? Was that the capital? No. Yeah. Uh, so I pulled out before the capital. So basically, well, I did the bike, the bike, uh, bike to work. Which was funny because I mean I actually placed pretty well in that workout. I don't know, like, well not pretty well. I placed like for a guy with one leg who's not anything. Um, I did the the triplet. I think that's the yeah the triplet. Is that the the pegboard? The second one. Yeah, twenty eighth. I mean, dude, twenty eighth. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, had, I hadn't I hadn't done seven. I haven't done a workout in ten days. Like I haven't done a workout. I'm not joking when I say a workout in 10 days, let alone like a toes to bar with a torn hamstring. Yeah, that's what I, w- I was going to ask you about the toes to yeah. bar. Was that I crazy? Had to, I had to basically do like a knee to elbow 
like a strict knee to elbow and just touch the bar like just limits. Did you and get a I lot of no reps on that? Uh, no, dude, I was just doing them like five by five. I was just doing five reps by five reps. I do five reps, drop down, five reps, drop down without like forcing it, you know, not trying to hurt myself, not trying to be stupid. I heard you only did four laps on the bike and they didn't catch you. I think I did seven laps, dude. Oh, okay. Uh, I, if, dude, I definitely <laughs> did four laps. Like, come on, hey, dude, I didn't do, you know the guy in front of you is in front of you. He knows he's not going to do that. Come on, like, that whole lap situation was pretty messed up, to be honest. Meaning, meaning you think that the athletes sh- should have known? Yeah, or you no? definitely should have known. Like, I, oh. I, I know this shouldn't be the athlete's responsibility, but you should know. Like, you should know. In that workout, Koski, at the last, his last round, he just came up right next to me. I looked at him. I was like, you're on your fifth lap, aren't you? And he's like, yes. So I was like, okay, so I know I've definitely got one. Because I didn't see him the whole race. Right. I knew the guy in front of me was in front of me. And, uh, like, if you know the guy's in front of you, you can see he's in front of you. If he's, if he's not pulling in before you, you shouldn't be pulling in either. Right. Right. <laughs> um. And what about when you get off the bike and you sprint to the finish line? That's you don't sprint, right? You're, no, you're just I hobble. Sprint. Even the starts, the starts, I just walked. I just kind of like jog, like a sort of trot. Uh, what? Every, what are the games sprints. medics? What do the games medics say to you? Are they like, "Hey, Keelan, you can't go"? They were really good. They were really good. They were like, "If you if you need to stop, like just stop, like you you just let us know." Yeah, you know, they were there for me. Like they were like pretty supportive. I just said, "Hey, listen, I wanna, I wanna, comp- I just wanna." Enjoy the moment, enjoy the experience, and make the most of it. And then the moment got pretty deep when I did the, the um, what is the workout when you do the 400, 600, 800 sprints? Oh, with the with the 300 pounds shoulder yeah. overhead? Yeah, that uh, moment got pretty that, deep no, for me. What, 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 which one was that? What was that called? Oh, man, I shuttle like to the, overhead? Yeah, shuttle to overhead, yeah. That that moment got really deep for me, man. I was like, because uh, I couldn't even finish the run, and oh. it's like everybody, you just see like people just going back and forth, and you like you. Look, I look, I looked up, looked in the crowd, and you can just see people's faces like, "What is he doing? Like, what is he doing?" And I was like, uh, "What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Like, is this worth it?" And then I was just like, "No, nah, you know, it's the capital." They said there's no time cap for the capital. It's you, you have to finish it. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Like that. Did did you, from from when you qualified to when you realized um, something's wrong with you, to to when you finally pulled out? Did you ever have an emotional breakdown, like on the plane flight over when you got to your hotel room, or when you realized you, that night you pulled your hamstring? Did you did was there ever a moment where you put your hands in your 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 head and just cried and was like, what the fuck? Uh, there were many moments like that. There were many moments like that. But I mean, that's been happening my whole life, you know, as a, as a like a, a struggling professional athlete all my life. I, I've had that more times than I've had success. Eh? So I've had more time, more, I've had that experience way more times than I, than anybody should have. But I mean, I'm used to it. So it's not like the worst thing that can happen. I just, you know, you, you learn from it and you get over it. Eh? You just like, okay. It's happened. It's happened. You know, it's what can I do to get better? How can, how is this, like, is this really going to affect my life? Am I, am I dead? No, it's not the truth. You know, I mean, there's way, these people are like with situations that are way worse out there, you know, especially coming from South Africa. When you see how people struggle, you're like not competing at the games. Okay. That's not too bad. Listen, I'm, I'm still here. I'm on a, I'm on a plane to Madison that I've just qualified for the games. 
of course, I definitely want to compete and I should compete and I, I'm going to compete. And I will I will prove you wrong, sir. And I will, will not be 40th on the list, okay? Hey, and you're the first black guy to come from Africa. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. So ah. fucking funny. <laughs> uh, you said you cracked your... My skull. Skull playing rugby? Yeah. I'm kind of afraid to ask how that happened. Uh, I just took a knee to the back of the head. To the so, back so of the head. So basically, I, I ran in with the ball. I tucked my head in to brace for impacts, but I tucked my head in too low. I dropped down too low. He also dropped down too low and came in with like a knee and knee to head at the right time, right spot, straight KO, woke up. Oh, straight. It is a KO. Oh, wow. Yeah. Straight KO, just woke up like a few seconds later. I was like, what the fuck? Where am I? Uh, couldn't see anything. Uh, yeah. Did you think you were dead? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't think I was dead. I was like, who the fuck hit me? <laughs> uh, did, you, were you not, did you have a concussion? Were you throwing up? Uh, no. Uh, I've never thrown up from a concussion. I've had a few concussions and I've never thrown up. Damn. Yeah, I've had I've had many conditions. I've had like about, I think about seven, eight. Do, do you tell your parents about that, or do you not tell? You keep that. You are like, nah, they don't need to know that. Some of them they know. Some of them they don't know. Right. Yeah. Some of them they've been with me, like going to get MRI scan, like you know the scans, and they're like, oh my god, and also they got to pay that bill. Eh? <laughs> and right. So. But now I'm like now in my late, in my later stages, and I, I'm I'll, I'll tell them I'll keep more honest with them, and I'll be you know more honest. Um, so so you're in the hunt for 2023. Yeah, definitely. And and, and um, what about that hamstring? Is it healed? It's feeling good. Back training. Did you have feeling surgery good. on it? No, I didn't have surgery on it. It wasn't it wasn't like the tendon anything. So it is okay. It's um, who's your coach? Uh, I don't really have a coach. I don't have a coach. But I suppose my coach would be uh, Dennis Dubois. Dennis Dubois. He's a French guy who coaches uh, Guillaume Bryant. Oh, okay. Do you train with him? We train now and then. We train every now and then. Are, are you? Are you? Um, when you don't have a coach, if if there's something you're bad at, do do you have that discipline to just be like, hey, I'm rowing every day? Uh, I suck at rowing. I'm going to row every day. Yes or no? I mean, like, if your coach is like, you suck at rowing, I just row, I'm going to be like, fuck this coach. I'm not going to just do that. I mean, you have to have some limit. Like, if you really think, I mean, hey, it's work for some people. It's work for some people. But if you think just rowing every day and just be getting good at rowing is going to make you a better athlete, then do it. If you don't think so, then don't do it. I mean, I... I like to do the things that I enjoy and the things that I don't enjoy, but I'll do it in like the way I want to do it. You know, I don't need, I don't need somebody shouting at me and be like, Hey, you need to, you know, you need to squat every single day. You need to get stronger. I know I need to get stronger. I mean, I'm going to get stronger and I know what I need to do. It's, it's fine. You don't need a coach to be all up in your grill all the time, man. 
do you even do you consider doing that do you consider like you know uh, joining the mayhem programming or, or wanting to be in a camp or is, is it anything you consider do you want to know do you want to hear a funny story please please i did just that uh, so i i program for myself i just do you know what i want to do and so last year i finished fifth at the semifinals so i was like let me see what it is let me join a program let me join a program and see what they can offer me i joined this one program which is really good really well known and uh, offers quite a good service did the workout say hey, look i qualified so so the program might work yeah the program might work i mean it's not a co- it's not it's not a coach i don't have a coach but it's the program qualified and you, for the fo- and you followed it pretty meticulously yeah, I followed it pretty. Yeah, I followed it like every day, pretty much routine. Got me to the games, but had no help getting to the games. Had no supports, like nothing, man. I reached out to them. Uh, there were some guys who were really like nice, but not helpful. You know, and like like me. Like, they like me. I'm very nice, but I'm not so helpful. Basically, yeah, basically <laughs> like you. <yeah. laughs> Meaning you, meaning you bought this program. There were some people you liked the programming. You think it helped you, but when you reached out to the the uh, the business or the the group that does the programming, it's just like, hey, how are you? Nice hair. Yeah, not even that. That was like <laughs> they're not even red, as nice as me. Left me on red. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Have you told them? I haven't told them. I mean, like, what do you mean? I I didn't tell them. I mean, I I went. I even went to them at the games, and I was like, "Yo, dude, I follow your program. Uh, now you're awesome." And he was like, "Okay, cool." Shook my hand, and he was like, "Carried on doing what he was doing." So like, okay, cool. <laughs> that was like an awkward moment. I was like, "Okay, cool. Okay, cool." And I was like, "Hey, carry on with my day, then, I guess." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, here, here's why that's weird to me because the um, the community's not that big. No, I know. It's not. I mean, it's big. Like it, it's like if you, it's like it covers the planet, but it's really shallow water. It's only like half inch of water. It's not a deep lake. <laughs> no, but I, I, now I work with uh, Dennis at, at Harder, Faster, Stronger. So he's a French guy. He doesn't. He's not too far from me. And um, so, like. I mean, we go back and forth. He'll send me some programs. I'll send him what I'm doing. Uh, I'll be like, oh, that's very interesting. I'll, I'll try and add that into my program. And he'll tell me, like, we, work, we, 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 we just work together. And like, we just, we're just good friends, and we get along well, and we'll chat, and we'll talk about training. We'll talk about the games. We got to live the games experience together, which is great, having him and Jim there, like, together. That was, like, awesome, having them there, you know. Mentally, that was amazing because we, you know, there's, like, three of us in the same hotel room, and we just had a good laugh. You know, through the good times and the bad times, and uh, you know he's a great guy. He's very intelligent. He knows what he's talking about. You know, he's the guy. You see that photo when there's like four of us there after the yeah yeah. Those are the two guys there. Dennis is the guy with the glasses, and Guillaume is the guy with the. He's he also went to the games as an individual. He finished like twenty six, I think. Um, I was looking to see if there was a picture with you with one of these famous trainers to see which one you were talking about, but. It doesn't even seem like there's a picture with you and that person. Do you really think I was going to ask him for a photo? 
<laughs> you know, I was like, yo, bro, can, you get, can I get a photo with you, man? Nah, man. I was going to ask him a photo. I mean, hey, like, values are more important than who you are, you know? If, if you like, if you someone who's like just friendly and you can you have good values and good morals, that's important. That's very important, you know? Just be like, well done, congratulations, you know, what can we do for you? Hey, man, here's a T-shirt. Here's a T-shirt. Like, that's, that's small things go along, like, go far, you know? If he was like, dude, listen, great. Uh, we're having a training camp this weekend. Uh, we, can't, we can't help you financially, but you're invited. Awesome. That's good to know. I'll do my best to be there. You know, I, I invite people all the time to shit that I know they can't come to just so I can get the credit of inviting them. Ah, you're welcome. You see, and then people will be like, <laughs> they'll be like, you're a good dude. You're a good dude with good values and good morals. I just made, you know, I have this fruit tree, uh, Keelan, and it's just dumping fruit, Pat, these passion fruit. I have thousands of them. <laughs> Right. Okay. And and they're 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 three ninety nine a pop at the store. Three dollars and ninety. So you know what I do? I just give like ten to everyone I know. Dude, that's that's and I'm like a god. I'm like I'm like like people just be like, hey, you're, they'll lie to me and be like, Oh, you look good today. I mean, people will say crazy shit to me now. You know what, Seven? If you gave me ten of those fruits, I'd be like, You're one of the best guys ever. You're one of my best mates. You, you know, I'd be like, this guy's amazing. I wonder if I could send you 10 to France. Will you, <laughs> will you text me your address? I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to send you 20. Okay. I'll be, if you send me 20, like you're a real good guy, man. I'm going to get, I'm going to get two years of uh, a friendship out of you. <laughs> At least minimum. Uh, so the goal, the, the goal is to go to the games in 2023. Can you, can you make it? Can you do it again? Hey man, it's hard. It's not easy. Eh? It's not easy. I mean, Look, I know I'm coming. It's I'm crazy, like, actually. It is. It's kind of batshit crazy. You know, I think you know, Africa is definitely one of the hardest regions. Eh? I promise you, Africa is one of the hardest regions. What? Because wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's the easiest region. No, 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 no. No. It's it's not the easiest region. It's one of the hardest regions to qualify. I'll, okay. I'll explain to you why, right? Okay, please, so, please. You're gonna ruin my whole shtick. I always talk shit about fucking Africa. Don't ruin I it. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> I listen to you talking shit about. I'm like, this guy's just talking shit. You're gonna ruin my whole shtick. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you have to. You have to taper to win. Like you can't have any mistakes. You have to win. It's like you basically taping to win the games before going to, to qualify to the games, dude. It's it's so much harder, you know. And like having said that. The field is it's not as deep. Yes, I agree. The field is not as deep in like in talent, but the top five is very competitive. You know, and there's just five, one. You're saying it's just one mistake and you're fucked. Exactly. Those top five guys are very competitive for one spot. Whereas like Europe, there'd be the field would be like 15 deep, but there's five spots. So it's pretty much equivalent, you know. That one spot, you like, hey man, one spot it goes, it can go, you fuck up one time, you're done, dude. And your whole yeah. year's gone. Your whole year's gone. Yeah, your whole year's gone. All right. So I'm it's not it. easy. I'm, I mean, people. I'm, are always I'm like, buying it. I'm buying like, it. Yeah. People always talk shit, and people. I'm looking at you. People are like, yeah, yeah. You and and Brian Friend. I'm telling you. Man, I yeah. like how you lean into the camera. I actually just felt a bead of sweat just build up <laughs> in, in between my butt cheeks when you leaned into the camera. I was like, oh fuck, here we go. Yeah, man. You guys always talk shit about Africa, but I mean, it's a hard region, and I mean, the money and the setup is. Dude, if you had if you had seen the semi final in Africa, you'd be quite shocked, man. You'd be like, "What the 
dude. It is insane. Oh, what do you, what do you mean by that? Just how um uh it's, aus- it's, austere it is that it's it's like it's it's gritty. It's gritty, dude. It's, it's I mean the 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 hosts and stuff they do a good job. Like I mean, look, they do. Yeah, the what's that guy's can. name? Who's the host? Uh, Tion. Tion Tion Fisa, yeah. Yeah, I met him. I met him a bunch. He's cool. He seemed cool yeah. as shit to me, dude. Look, hey, he he made the best of what he could do, and you know, I know, I you know Chad now. Chad Duran will be. He's great. He's a, yeah, I think he'll definitely push it in a better direction. Uh, and Tian and those guys, they did the best they can with what they could. But I mean, it's still like subpar, you know. It's not like if you go there, you'd be like, uh, "What is this? Like a local show?" Or you know, <laughs> so the, like, a, like a junior high track and field event. Yeah, dude. You know, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's basically like that. And that was my that was my first ever competition, and I've only done two competitions in my life. Those two competitions. So, that's that is something crazy. I saw I, I saw one of your interviews. You've only done two competitions and then the CrossFit Games. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so I mean, you go. What did you Jason the, say to you when you made it this year? Was he pissed? No, nah, he wasn't pissed. Like he was. I mean, I guess. Uh, hey, did he go maybe Masters? He was, maybe he was pissed. Maybe he's not show. But I mean, Jason's a good guy. Like that dude's insane. He is like, a good guy. I, but, I got nothing but respect for that guy. Like. One of the great, one of the best African athletes, even CrossFit athletes. He's a great athlete. Like he finished top ten. He's been there. He's done like great performance in Dubai and stuff like that. Dude's a beast. He got. He's got like four kids or I don't know, three, two kids. He's like thirty-eight. You know, proof that CrossFit does work at all ages. You know, and he pushed. He pushed me to the limits, and I pushed him to the limits. You know, and that was that was great. Yeah, and uh, having someone like that in the competition. When you got one spot and there's like three of you going for that one spot, it's tough. You know, it's not like there's like if the field was deeper, let's say the top 10, the top 10 were like all competitive and they all pushing for that top spot. You can mess up and then catch up, you know. But the Chris is only like three guys. It's the the marge is so it's so tight. Are you a good coach? I try to be. Do do you enjoy it? Yes, I know. I mean, obviously, this this time lately, it's training for the games was insane. You know, if you co- if you're a good coach, you put in a lot of like energy. You know, you you walk a lot, you move a lot, you you do the movements a lot, and you know, I'm I coach like 35 hours a week, and training to the games, I was like training like wow. 20 30 hours a week. And if I'm, I was still trying to keep a good standard of coaching. If you, I would do like 16 to 20 steps a day coaching and I ride my bike to work and to another gym. And I was like, man, if you've got to be a good coach and an athlete, it's complicated. But so at this moment, I do enjoy coaching, but at the moment, no, because I mean, I want to be competitive. So you got to find the, you got to find the balance, you know, do you want to, do you want to be the, do I want to be the coach or do I want to be the best athlete? Um, what, what, um, do you think you could offer um, a, a you know a world class uh, rugby team? Um, you could advance training, their, like coaching their, and training. Yeah, fit fitness training. Could you be a strength coach for with what you know? Now yeah, that you've I performed have, CrossFit have, at the yeah, highest I level, I've done strength. I have done with. I have worked with some teams, and I mean, <clears throat> I do enjoy it. It's, that's just like again another sacrifice because then you're working with the team. You got to like you always on. Uh, you're always going away on the weekends, you know. You 
it's quite a commitment, you know, like there, if you're committing for a pro team, you're committing a lot of hours and a lot of time, a lot of individual needs. And then you're working with like big egos, you know, big egos, big egos, professional rugby players and, you know, professional athletes, anybody with athletes, you know, it's hard to tell them, hey, listen, you got to do this. And then, you know, nowadays everybody knows better. Hey? So maybe, why not? Maybe one day I will work in a rugby situation. Uh, for the moment, CrossFit is, I'm enjoying CrossFit coaching. Uh, I'm enjoying CrossFit like training. Uh, while I'm still fairly young, I might, I just want to push as an athlete and make the most of it. And, you know, look, you can be a good coach, but if nobody knows who you are, are you going to make a living? No. You can be a shitty coach and be like the best athletes in the world and everybody will buy your program. Right? But you're a shit coach. So you make a good living. So while you're still young, like if you can compete, compete. Make a name for yourself. Uh, put yourself out there. Get a good image out there. And then, you know, slowly work your way into coaching. Some other guys have done it. Seems to be working pretty well for them. <laughs> ah, ah. I love it. Um, uh, uh, t- torque tank. What do you think about that device? The torque tank. Never used it. Uh, I don't. I don't think it should be in a competition. Yeah. You know, anything that's if you push harder, it resists harder. That doesn't make any sense. Good. And, and can like, you explain that to me? Can you explain to me why that doesn't make any sense to you? What do you like? Why do you need to explain? Like, I don't need it explained to me. If I need someone else to explain it to the world too, I feel like I've always explained it to people. But can you explain to us why? <laughs> what? What? What about competition makes it fucked so up? That the like, harder you push, the harder. So it basically, saying uh, you're gonna do you're gonna do front squats, but every time you squat, the bar's gonna push back. <laughs> the bar's gonna push back against you every time you squat. If you if you want to go faster, the bar's gonna push back harder. What? No, like that's not that doesn't make sense. Have you ever have you ever heard of um I, I don't know if these stories are true. I don't know anyone who knows Kim Jong un or whatever the guy's name is for North Korea, but I heard like if you play golf with him, like every shot's a hole you gotta say every shot of his is a hole in one. And well, I feel happens. <laughs> I, I something bad happens to you. But I, I feel like that's what the torque tank is in, in it when you put it in a competition setting. It's like so so you're punished like you just have to do it. You are punished for for doing better. It just it's just complete. It's yeah, exactly. it's not competition. It's not. It's not. It, it, it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you. Uh, hey man, a good old sled is all you need, man. A sled. What's wrong with the old sled? Like, what's wrong with the sled? Yeah. It's probably the best. Like the sled is probably the best tool for training anyway for CrossFit and all athletes. Is do, do you think then the only reason why we see it in competitions is because they paid money? Probably. We'll get. We'll get to the bottom of this eventually. Probably. It's interesting. I, here, here's the thing, too. Someone writes, the torque tank may only make sense if, if it can measure power somehow. I don't even trust that. Yeah, but then how would you do that in competition? Like, like maybe you push it and there's some digital readout on it and it's measuring. But I, I, I don't even trust those things. I don't trust the monitors. I don't trust the magnets, the fan blades. The, I don't trust any of that shit. Just, I, mean, I like I, what you're saying. It. How about just a sled with some weight on it and you push it? I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, even in CrossFit, like when you look at the machines, and I've got nothing. I love machines. I mean, I've worked on a lot of the machines: so the ski, the row, and the bike. A guy like myself, who's got smaller limbs and lighter, will always be at a disadvantage. No matter how much effort I try, no matter how much work I put in, I will always be at a disadvantage because there's an algorithm within this machine, right? So, the bigger and the heavier you are, 
the better and faster you'll be. You know, if it's a sled push, that's like straight up, dude, if, you, if you're bigger and heavier, sure, weight moves weight. But if you work harder, like I can work harder, you know. But a machine will always be a machine. So it's got, I mean, is it, is it really a good test of fitness? Yes and no. Yes and no. It is a good test of fitness. The bike, the ski, the rower, they're good test of fitness. Can you, is it a good way of measuring fitness? I don't know. If it's like rowing on the water, yeah, okay, sure. Because then it's like, there's a good transfer to sports, the, the sport elements where you have to know a bit of skill and how you're rowing and et cetera and all that stuff. Uh, if, you, if you're biking on the, on the bike, basically like the bike to work, I thought that event was great. Look, dude, I mean, I bike to work every day. I know how to ride a bike. I passed some guys who, I mean, I was like, wow, these guys are big athletes. I looked up, I was like just pedaling like easy. I looked to my left and some guys were like breathing so heavy and they didn't know how to change gears and they were like struggling. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, what's going on here, man? Oh, wait a sec, on, 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 at the CrossFit Games? Yeah, at the CrossFit Games. Yeah, you were biking kind of weird though too, weren't you? I was just biking, I was biking normally. Like, I was just like, this is just a bike, man. I was okay. biking as much as I can with one leg. I got one hamstring, dude. I couldn't be. I couldn't oh right, leg. okay. I because I noticed your arms were bent like this. Oh yeah, so I did. I did have my arms out quite a bit because I was using my arms a lot on the toaster bar. So I, I, yeah, I just use a lever. So you're doing a lot of the your lats. You yeah. pull your lats in, try and like round your back. So I don't have to have that hamstring extension. So I was doing a lot of the work on my on the toaster bar with my lats. So my my arms did, were blown up quite a bit. And, uh, and dude, I just got big arms and big lats, dude. Come on. What do you, you do have fucking gigantic arms. Your arms are gigantic. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate it. Yeah. I was comparing them this morning to Alexander Carone's. Like, you're, you're, you're trying to. No, that guy's got some big arms, dude. Jeez. Yeah. Or Jason Kalipa. Your, your arms are really. How did they get like that? that? Just born like that or just a lot of triceps? Dude, when I was young, like, when we started training, when I started in the gym, like, we were told deadlifts and squats, that's no go. Like, that'll just hurt your back. Yeah, Bench, yeah. biceps, and triceps, bro. That's how, that's <laughs> yeah. how I did, man. Did you do a lot of close grip bench, bench press, yes, too? Yeah, 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 I did bench. some of those yesterday. I would, when I was in school, um, like, anytime we'd go out, uh, before, like, um, like we'd go out anywhere, like a, like a party or anything with my brother. I was, like, 14, 15, and going out of school. We'd do um, 21s. So every, like, it's, like, four or five times a week. You know, it's 21s. I, I think I it's like seven like this, and yes, seven right. like this, and then seven full range. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, 20, I, know know yeah I know that shit. Yeah, I know that shit. Yeah, we'd hit 21s. We'd do three sets of 21s. Then we'd do the diamond push-ups, the low push-ups, get that bicep pump. Then like, you're looking nice and sore. Yeah. Wear a shirt that's a little too small. Exactly, dude. You know it. You know it. So, hey, man, I was, I'm not the tallest guy. I know. I'm like five foot five. Like you said, I'm... Uh, you gotta have you gotta compensate somehow. <laughs> Do what you can, um, Keelan. Wh- <clears throat> why did you um? Y- we talked about how uh, w- I-, I talked all that shit about Africa, about how easy it is to go from there. It's ridiculous. I made fun of. I can't remember what the other continent is. I always make fun of too. But you ranked me well, last. Ra- I ranked you last. Um, why did you um c- come on the uh, podcast? Were you like fuck this guy? I'm not coming on his show. Or are you like, oh, no, it's all in good heart. I'm coming on. No, nah, man, it's all in good heart, man. Hey, listen, everybody's allowed to have an opinion. I mean, hey, look, you rang me last and I came last. So it's got to be some reason. Eh? <laughs> but no, the truth is, the truth is. Your hey, loss man, was listen. my win. Your loss was my win. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm, I'm, it's important to have these conversations. And, you know, it's important to, to 
to ex- like express yourself and and to be heard and to listen. You know, I listen to your podcast every now and then, and um, you know, hey, it's 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 interesting. You know, I don't see why I shouldn't go on a podcast, and I'm not I'm not anything. I'm not hiding anything. I've got nothing to hide. I mean, I've got anything to express and say what I want to say. You know, I'm happy to be here. And it's nice to chat with you. You're a nice guy sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I, everything I've heard about you, there, there's not a lot about, about you on the, and there's not a lot of interviews I could find about you. Um, but everyone who knows you that I know said that you're one of the nicest guys, uh, that they met at the CrossFit games. And I just want to say that I second that you're Thanks, a gentleman. Uh, appreciate I appreciate it. you coming on, uh, after, and you said you just got off work. Yeah, I just got to work. I finished at seven o'clock. I actually thought the end, I thought the podcast was tomorrow because she said tomorrow at, uh, but tomorrow is for you tomorrow. But today is for me today. So I think like, I'm the center of the universe. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's why my problem since I've been ego. born. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, when I text you just now on, on your phone, did you get the text? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Okay. I did. I, was, I, I did. I did send you a message. I think I sent you. I replied to you. I don't know if I did. I, I was just had to ride back home, so I. I jumped oh yes, I see it. I, I see it. I see it. I see it. Okay, yeah. I see it now. Yeah, yeah. And I did respond because I text you here and on WhatsApp. Okay, yeah. at both places. Yeah. All right, brother. Hey, hey thank you. You have Thanks my. Uh, me, you have my number. Text me anytime. I don't sleep by my phone. You can never interrupt me. It, it was really an honor to meet you. Uh, I, I, I don't say this to a lot of people. I can't think of anyone I've said it to in 600 podcasts. I hope we get to hang out sometime and meet in person. You're a cool dude. Appreciate it, dude. Appreciate it, man. We'll keep in, ch- keep in contact. And I'm waiting for my fruit. Eh? Yes. Oh, will you send me send me your address? I'm going to try to do it. Okay. okay Have a good one, man. Thanks for the podcast. Yep. Bye. Bye. Send me your shirt size, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you one of your, your new favorite shirt. <laughs> okay. Thanks, okay. dude. Two podcasts today. I canceled my third. That's a cool dude. Not going to lie. I was a little nervous. It's a little nervous. I don't even remember. I was just a little nervous because I just didn't have a lot of, re- I couldn't do a lot of research on him. There's not a lot of stuff out there about him. Um, oh, this person wants to know more about my colonoscopy. You know what Kaiser did? I'll, like, uh, Kaiser sent me a piece of paper to put in my toilet and then shit on it and shit on it and then from there mama send them a sample or send them a sample But I didn't do it. <clears throat> Maybe I should get a colonoscopy. I don't know. I feel great. I look great. Don't I look great? I feel great. I look great. I sound great. The only thing I need more of is sleep. I just need more, a little more sleep. I'm just, I, I, I don't normally say shit like that, but I just need to sleep a tiny bit more. Maybe a call-in show tonight? Maybe. No, no, no. I'm going out. Greg's in town tonight. I'm going out. That's what I'm doing. I think his plane lands any minute. How's the flight? How's the flight? All right. Um, 
Ah, yes. Andrew. Andrew Hiller. What's up? All right. All right, guys. Thank you. Um, yes, Tommy has warned me about that. That's right. Uh, Sevon, do you know who he was? I have. I don't know who he was talking about, uh, Johnny. I didn't even know if he was fucking black or not. I don't even know shit. I thought for sure he was a Pakistani guy or an Indian guy. Um, I, I um, do, I'll tell you this. Do you know why I didn't want to ask? Because for the fucking life of me, I didn't want it to be Rich Froning. That's why I didn't ask. I didn't care who else it was. I just did not want it to be Rich. I love Rich so much. I didn't want anyone to say anything bad about Rich and then me just fucking have to get on a plane, go to France and fucking put Keelan in a headlock. <laughs> oh, I know. I know I owe you. I know I owe you some footage from that. I have the footage too. I know. I know. I owe it. I, 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 I do owe it to you guys. Some footage from uh, Greg's last up. He's having another up uh, coming up here on October 7th. Pretty excited about that. All right, guys. Thank you, uh, Mr. Wayne. Thank you, as always. Brandon Waddle, Adam Blakesley, Eric Wise, Johnny. I don't know who's talking about. Javier Acosta, uh, Vindicate. Uh, get your uh, gear, your set on podcast gear at Vindicate. All the shit's cool. This is from Vindicate, the shirt. Uh, Travis, I'm thinking about building out that skateboard today. I don't know if that's, I'm going to get in trouble with you for that. Um, who else on here needs to be, uh, Miss Riddow, Elise Carr Riddow, Eric Wise, Melissa Od Odier, our Armenian, uh, contingent. Um, I don't see anyone else. It's just the same six of you in here. Uh, rack biceps curl athlete. I don't know what that is. Hi to you. Trish. Hi. He said he said he listens to the podcast. Waddell. 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 Oh, Waddell. Got it. Not Waddle. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I think Waddell is. Who did, I knew a Waddell. Who did I know? Is there a games athlete named Waddell or was that a friend in high school? Waddell. So Jason Waddell. Joey Waddell. Kathy Waddell. Waddle sounds better. I know. You can see why he might not like it, though, right? That's not one of those attractive traits when someone waddles. This <laughs> it is not. Uh, rack biceps. There are five million white people in South Africa. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's fucking yeah, gazillions. Sounds like there's some Chinese people in there too. Why did rack biceps make fun of me for something saying ZA is mo ZA. Most people are mixed. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with that country? No chance. It was rich. Thank you. Then if it, then if it was, then if it was mad, he took a second shot at him too, which was kind of funny. That was the funniest part of the show. Seven. Thanks for all your hard work. Thank you. Send my wife a text. Tell her. Brandon Waddell. I used to get to punish prisoners when they mispronounced it. Oh, shit. Okay, well, that's a good note to change the show on. Uh, I will talk to you guys later. Uh, peace and love. <laughs>